Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. We are so grateful to collaborate with you. I am Jill Annabelle. I'm here with Colleen McCoy-Sika, and I can't wait to ask you this question, Colleen. I'm thinking this is a yes, but maybe it's a no hmm. if you're if you're perfect. If you are a perfect teacher, maybe this is a no. No, but have you ever graded a test or quiz? where all the students get the same question wrong. And at first you're mad at them because you're like, oh, how, don't, how do you not know this? And then you realize that you worded that question really poorly. <laughs> right. Worded the question really poorly, or I did not teach that concept as well as I thought <laughs> okay, I did. Okay. okay. All right. So we're going to go with, you didn't word the question well. And when you read okay. it back to yourself in front of them, Okay. Giving them all, this has happened to me. You hand it all back and you're like, I am so disappointed in number three. And then the sweet little Susie raises her hand and says, okay, but I thought it meant blah, blah, blah. Mm. And you read it back and you go, oof. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't word that very well. And then you have to give everybody the point. <laughs> I've had to do that. Oh, like, yes. Okay, pass them back in. Everyone gets one more point. I'll regrade them. Oh my goodness. You have to admit that mistake to the whole room. Anyway, I think it's a relatable feeling. Is that a relatable feeling? Okay. It is. And I, so I'm, I'm thinking of a few examples of when I just wrote some poor assessments. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I remember that. Yep. So this reminds me of a moment I had early in my teaching career. So it's been a while but that doesn't really matter. This could happen to you any day. It was the first time I had a student in my classroom who was on the autism spectrum. And Mm -hmm. I was so excited. Like him coming into my room was his first time as an eighth grader coming into a classroom with classmates for English class. This little young man, it took months before I heard his voice. So, and you're an expert, you're more of an expert in this field than I am. So I don't, I am a regular teacher by trade. I don't know all the ins and outs of students with disabilities, but him coming into my classroom was this great moment for him because I, or for him and for me, because I really loved him and I want to do this well. Now I had the opportunity at the time we had someone on staff with a specialty in autism and she spent 45 minutes with me sitting in front. I mean, this is the only time I really got with her. She and I sat down and together looked at an upcoming test that I was about to give everyone. It was an Ah. essay test on a book. And that 45 minutes with her changed everything I did from that moment forward because she read it with the eyes of this young man who was gonna Mm -hmm. take everything literally and every Mm -hmm. word mattered because he had to draft everything in his head before he would start writing an essay. Him writing an essay was the most difficult thing, especially a timed essay test or not necessarily timed for him, but him hearing an essay question, reading it, and then writing down his answer based on a book was really, really hard for him. So I want to tell you three things I learned in this conversation with her that changes even the way I write an email to this point. And then Colleen, I want you to jump in on other things that you might notice. If you were to reread a test, a quiz, an essay question with this kind of sense of eyes. And and it also reminds me of students whose first language is not English. Okay. Mm -hmm. So any student, I'm long-winded, clearly, obviously I can talk a lot. So I write that way also. I'm very wordy. Oh, so brevity is not the, my gift either. You know that. No, I know. Mm-hmm. So this was really yeah. good for me that she sat with me mm-hmm. and taught me three really key things. The first is she said to me, instead of the instructions being a paragraph, could it be bullet points? Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, 
Yes. (laughs) Okay. That's a game changer. I didn't realize that seeing that many words at the top of the page was going to panic. Very intimidating. Yep. Right. Okay. So changing that paragraph instruction or question into bullets. The second big tip she gave me was, are there any extra words that can be eliminated? Like get rid of the non-essential words, phrases. Mm -hmm. Third thing she taught me was, are there any words or phrases that can't be read literally? So Hmm. idioms, hyperbole. Sometimes we try to be funny by adding like a little sentence to the end of an instruction, but it's really just a confusing extra sentence. And we use phrases and words that if English is not your home language, you wouldn't even know what that word or phrase means or why it would be included in a test question. You know, I'm thinking of idioms, metaphors. Sometimes we just use phrases that we could just be more clear in our language than what we wrote down there. Anyway, so she went question by question with me through my test, cleaned up all of my questions. And it was humbling for me because I thought my questions were, this is a test I'd been using for years. So it wasn't like something I just drafted. It was something I'd been using. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And I realized that all of my students, so we came in with this intention that this was going to be his version of the test. And when I revised it with her, it wasn't at, it wasn't modifying the curriculum. It wasn't accommodating him in any way. It was just better test questions. So that became the version of the test. Yep. That's right. So you know what you're talking about? You're talking about universal design. I knew you're talking about universal design because universal design is when you take a strategy like that, which you think might be, okay, well, I'm going to do this because I need to create accommodations for this particular student that has this particular set of needs. And then you realize that when you change what you're doing, it actually impacts everybody in the classroom Mm -hmm. in a positive way. And so it's not like differentiating an assessment for a particular student, which I know there were times in my teaching career where I was expected to do that, where I had to differentiate either an assignment, an assessment, something, and it was something specific for a specific student that had a specific set of needs. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about universal design, which is you do something better. So you learn to more clearly communicate with your students and now it's better for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great example uh, was given recently by Dr. Michelle Leah on this on universal design of installing in supermarkets, the automatic door when you walk through. Yep. Okay. Does that accommodate the individual who's coming into shop at the supermarket with crutches or wheelchair? Yes. But it does it also solve a problem for everybody walking through the door of the supermarket? Yes. So Mm -hmm. it is a universal design that improves life for everyone. And that's what happened with this test. I gave that new version of the test to everyone and probably everyone scored better because every question was written more clearly. There's really so much to talk about here because the concept of universal design for learning came from architecture to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ramps and automatic doors and you know all of those things are good for everybody, whether you're in a wheelchair or have a visual impairment, it doesn't matter. A ramp is good for everybody. An automatic door is good for everybody. But thinking about just bullet pointing things. Okay. Mm -hmm. Actually, I learned that from someone who was teaching me how to write clearer communications to parents as a Mm -hmm. teacher. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you got way too many words in here. It's overwhelming. People don't have time to read that many words. So break it down. So that's just, it's a good communication strategy Mm -hmm. to bullet point things and to eliminate as many words as you possibly can. It's just a good communication strategy. And does it help students that may have a reading disability who Mm -hmm. may be on the spectrum, who may, you know, have ADHD attention issues, whatever the case may be helps everybody, right? It helps everybody. 
So that's pretty awesome. Also, <laughs> what came into my head was it's kind of counterintuitive for me to eliminate words. Now, when it's purposeful, mm -hmm. like writing an assessment, absolutely. But what I was thinking was there were so many times as an English teacher that I created assignments where students, I wanted them to use more florid language, where I wanted them to expand and to describe and to use mm -hmm. more words. And so it's hard for me. It's counterintuitive. Oh, there's that's the bell. Ooh. Ooh. That's the bell. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's how this works. So it's time to get back to class. We'll talk about this again. I'm sure there's always more ideas than time to celebrate them, but we are certainly going to try to do our best. We drop episodes three days per week throughout the school year. So send us your ideas and share the love with your fellow teachers, especially if you have an extension of today's idea, another thing, go ahead, submit that for us. We can talk about it again using your examples. That's what we do here. You can send those to catholicteacherslounge.com. The Catholic Teachers Lounge is your haven of hope to exchange ideas and affirm your efforts. We will see you next time.